Welcome to the Everyday Athlete Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Jen Graves, and I'm thrilled to embark on this fitness journey with all of you. Whether you're a seasoned athlete or just starting out, this podcast is for anyone who's passionate about health, fitness, and living their best life. This is episode seven of the Everyday Athletes Podcast. We are going to be covering a topic today that I think is pertinent to anyone who trains, whether you have a coach, follow a templated program, program yourself, or you are a coach. We're going to be talking about the common mistakes we make when following a program. Before we really get into this topic today, just wanted to mention that this Saturday, September 16th, I will be launching my first templated program called the Everyday Athletes Program. It is a 12-week-long program that has three different phases, a hypertrophy phase, a strength phase, and then a hybrid training phase, which is strength and conditioning combined. This program is good for any training age, whether you are a beginning lifter or you're an advanced lifter. All it requires is free weights, so that could be dumbbells, kettlebells, and preferably a barbell, especially if you are an intermediate lifter to an advanced lifter. So be on the lookout for that program. If you purchase a program on the launch date, you'll be sent a sticker that says Graves Athletics on it. So let's really dive into our topic today. We are going to be covering 10 mistakes you are most likely making in your program. I know that there are more than 10 mistakes that you can make when following a program or programming for yourself, but these are the ones that I see most often. So let's begin. All right, so the first mistake that I usually see people make um, when they're following a new program is setting these crazy unrealistic goals for themselves. Unrealistic goals such as like losing a large amount of weight in like a really short period of time or lifting extremely heavy weights that you are nowhere even close to lifting or maybe running in some crazy like 100k race or something like that whenever you can barely run a 5k. Um, are pretty unrealistic and can lead to extreme disappointment and frustration in your program. So it is very essential to set achievable and measurable goals that align with your fitness level and time frame. I'm not saying that it is bad to have huge, amazing goals, whether they are aesthetic or performance goals, but you have to be realistic and meet yourself where you're at right now. They should also align with how you want to live your life. So for me, I always want to have like physical freedom. I want to be athletic while also having the freedom to enjoy the foods that I want to enjoy and perform in events such as Spartan races. So it is not going to be very likely for me to have a goal to compete in some like bikini competition uh, because I would have to completely change my training to more of an aesthetic focus um, rather than just strength focus, which is what I really focus on right now, or like a hybrid focus, um, which is nowhere near where I want to live my life. I do not want to be so, so focused on hitting these certain lifts so perfectly every single time that are so aesthetically focused that I'm not even like focusing on anything else. And I don't want to have to restrict my food intake that much. I don't know if you realize how much people who compete in like aesthetic um, competitions have to restrict, but it is a ton. And that is not in alignment with how I want to feel and live. So it'd be super unrealistic for me. So when you are creating goals, you have to look at your life and what you want it to be like. 
then look at yourself and look at where you are at right now and be super honest with yourself. Have one big goal and then create smaller goals to help you reach that big overarching goal. And that is going to keep yourself from getting overwhelmed and frustrated. Okay, so let's move on to our second big mistake, which is probably the biggest mistake and the most common mistake, but it is the lack of consistency. Consistency is key to fitness. It is key to progress. Your body responds to consistent exercise by adapting to the stimulus you provide through lifting and in return becomes your body becomes stronger and more efficient the more consistent that you are. When you exercise regularly, your muscles, your, cardi- your cardiovascular system, and other physiological uh, processes improve over time. If you're inconsistent, your body won't have the opportunity to even start to adapt and progress as it should, resulting in frustration and ultimately giving up and probably looking for those quick fixes that a lot of people are looking for. Consistency helps you establish a workout routine as a habit. And habits are formed through repetition. And the more consistent you are, the more likely exercising will become a natural part of your daily and weekly routine. When you exercise sporadically, you may experience very small periods of progress, followed by plateaus or even regression. Consistency helps you minimize plateaus and ensure continuous improvement. Your body needs a consistent stimulus to keep adapting and growing. This is the biggest one, honestly, should be number one up there. Uh, Biggest mistakes that people make in programming. Remember, it takes a while. So if you are not consistent, you're never going to see growth. The third mistake that we're going to cover is neglecting proper nutrition. Exercise alone is good, but it won't yield optimal results. A diet that includes the right mix of your macronutrients, which is your carbs, your proteins, your fats, and micronutrients, which is your vitamins and minerals, is needed for reaching fitness goals. This does not mean that you should jump into a very, very, very restricting diet because honestly, that could be the worst thing that you do. Um, But instead, you should find a way to incorporate the foods that you enjoy into your diet that fit your macronutrient needs. You should make sure to prioritize proteins to make sure that you are training, um, or to match your training, sorry, to make sure that those proteins match your training. You're consuming enough proteins to help build the muscle that have been broken down for consistent training. Now, I could go into a whole long spiel about nutrition, but for now, I'm just going to mention that that is a common mistake and I will cover nutrition in a later podcast. Have you ever thought about running in a Spartan race? Well, today is the day to sign up for one. With my code, you can get 20% off any Spartan race or Tough Mudder that you want to compete in for the year 2023. I love Spartan races. They are so fun. They are so challenging. And me and my husband have the best time running these races. 
And they're really, I think, important to help keep challenging my body, keep pushing me to do new things and get out of my comfort zone. So if you want to be an athlete in every season of life, I totally recommend signing up for your first Spartan race today or sign up for another one if you've already done one before. Um, This race code doesn't only work for Spartan races, but it also works for Tough Mudders if you're also interested in doing that. But the Spartan code is SAP-Q2HMVUS8. And I will put that in the show notes just so that you have it. But if you are interested in running a Spartan race, use this code to get 20% off today. Okay, number four of our common mistakes is overtraining. Uh, This is also known as overtraining syndrome, OTS. Um, And it is a condition in fitness and sports where an individual exceeds their body's ability to recover from stress and strain of exercise. Most people don't think that they can do this. um, And honestly, most people probably won't. Um, But it can become a problem. Um, So it occurs when the volume and intensity of training exceeds the body's capacity for recovery leading to various physical and psychological symptoms. Overtraining can have a very detrimental effect on performance and overall well-being. So to avoid overtraining, it's crucial to balance exercise intensity and volume with proper rest, nutrition, and recovery strategies. Listen to your body and adjust your training accordingly is key to maintaining long-term fitness and overall health. So for an example, um, my husband is a very active person. Um, He loves to work out. He loves playing games, playing hockey, running, all that kind of stuff. Um, And recently, he just started his new hockey season with this adult league that he plays on. And he's working out and he's running, training for our Spartan race, but yet he's playing hockey Um, on Monday nights and Saturday mornings. And, you know, at some point I'm like, okay, Caleb, like you may have to back off a little bit because eventually you're going to get to overtraining because you're not recovering properly, getting in the proper nutrition and sleep that he needs because he's just so busy with work and other things. And so whenever that's happening and he's like, man, my body hurts and I'm tired. I'm like, okay, take a rest day. Listen to your body you know that your body's tired, you know that you're sore, you know that you're hurting. This is a day to rest, which is what he's going to be doing today. And so you have to listen to your body and adjust your training. So whether you're following a program and it's like saying day one, day two, day three, day day four, you have to do all these things. Well, if your body's not feeling up to it, you need to back off. Now, some people will take that for granted and they'll, they'll take advantage of that. But If you are listening to your body as you should, you know your body well, you will listen to your body and know when to push yourself and when to back off. So overtraining is a serious thing and you need to know when to back off. And there are a few cues to, you know, to find when you're overtraining, but I'm not going to go into those now. I may do a separate podcast on all of these things. Honestly, there's a lot more that I could talk about with each one. Um, But overtraining is also a very common mistake that you see especially in individuals who are very um, um, willing to push themselves so far. So if you are one of those people who you like to push yourself to the limit, 
you are one of those people who needs to watch out for under train for overtraining. Sorry. On the other side of things, the fifth mistake is undertraining. So if you are a person who finds yourself lacking in motivation um, and is a little bit more on the lazy side, um, which no one wants to say, but I will put myself in that category. I can find myself finding excuses for not wanting to train. Um, you may be more on the undertraining side. Um, undertraining in the gym refers to a situation where an individual's workout regimen is insufficient in terms of intensity, duration, or frequency to produce the desired fitness or training outcomes. So essentially, it means not challenging the body enough to stimulate positive adaptations. Undertraining can lead to a lack of progress, stagnant fitness levels, and so much frustration. The primary issue with undertraining is that the workouts do not provide a strong enough stimulus to promote meaningful changes in the body. This can occur when an individual performs exercises with either like too light of weights, low resistance, or minimal effort, which is so common. One of the most noticeable signs of undertraining is a lack of progress or improvement in strength, endurance, or physical appearance. When the body is not pushed beyond its current capabilities, it has no reason to adapt or become stronger or more resilient. Undertraining can lead to frustration and a sense of wasted time and effort. People may wonder why they aren't seeing results despite regular gym attendance. And that's because of undertraining. That's because of not pushing yourself to failure. I just made an Instagram post about this the other day. If you're not failing in a lift, you're probably not pushing yourself for the net for far enough. If you've never failed a lift in your life, and you have been lifting for at least two years, you have not pushed yourself enough. So to prevent undertraining, it's important to set clear goals, follow a structured training program, and continually challenge yourself within your fitness levels and abilities. I cannot stress this enough because I feel like overtraining can be an issue, but undertraining is way more the cause of failure in programs and fitness programs. Um, and so you have to make sure that you're pushing yourself to that limit. Now, that's not for my people who already push themselves way too far to the limit. This is more for my people who are like me, who are like, man, I really don't want to fail this lift because it's kind of embarrassing and I don't want to hurt myself. Well, you're not going to if you do things properly and if you are actually pushing yourself to see those adaptations. Okay. Let's go ahead and move on to our sixth common mistake in pro or in um, following a program, which is not tracking progress. Without tracking your progress, it's challenging to know if your fitness program is actually working. Keep a workout journal or take measurements or use a fitness app or some type of device that you can wear to monitor your advancements in your training. Monitoring your progress helps you stay motivated by providing evidence of your achievements. I have all my clients monitor the weight that they're using whenever they're doing certain lifts. And that is honestly one of my best ways to show that they are improving because it can be frustration, fr frustration. It can be frustrating whenever you don't see a physical difference in your body, whether there is one or not. Most people won't see it even if there is one, but it can be so frustrating to never see a difference in your body. But if you look at the weights that you're using, 
there is a huge difference most of the time. I have a ton of clients who are like, man, I'm not getting better. I'm like, oh, you want to bet? Like, let's look at the weights you were lifting three months ago to the weights you're lifting now. There is quite an improvement. And so it's super important to keep yourself motivated by monitoring your progress. So when you see improvements in strength and endurance and other fitness parameters, whatever it is, it reinforces your commitment to your training program. It also holds you accountable to your goals. So when you track your progress, you can identify what's working and what's not working in your training routine. If you're not making the desired progress in a particular area, you can adjust your workouts, your exercise selection, your intensity level, whatever it is, to address any shortcomings. Now, remember that also it takes at least three to six months to see a difference. So keep that in mind whenever you're tracking your progress. Because like, say you don't see a difference within two weeks. Okay, well, you still need to keep pushing yourself through that program before you make any changes, okay? Uh, but plateaus occur when, prog- when progress stalls and tracking helps you identify when this is starting to happen. So recognizing plateaus early, you can make informed changes to your training program to stimulate new adaptations and continue making gains. Progress tracking provides quantitative evidence of your improvements, whether it's increased weight lifted, decreased workout duration, or improved endurance. uh, These measurements serve as tangible proof of your hard work and dedication to your program. To effectively track progress, I would consider keeping like a workout journal, using a fitness app, which is what all my clients use. Or um, if you have like a really nice watch, that can also track certain things. Like that's how I track um, my cardiovascular endurance. But also you could take regular measurements. So like your body composition, you can do a skin fold test, you can have um, circumference measurements, that kind of stuff. Even doing progress pictures is super helpful, which is something I have my clients do also. And periodically assessing your fitness level through fitness assessments or tests can also be helpful. Um, Like I know this one's like the basic pacer test that kids have to do in school, but maybe you test your one mile run um, and just see how it's progressing and getting faster. That can also be another way. The specific methods and metrics you use may vary depending on your goals. You don't have to use everything I just said, but the key is to have a systematic way of measuring and recording your progress. This data-driven approach can significantly enhance the effectiveness and satisfaction of your training efforts. So for me personally, I'm not working for aesthetic goals, so I don't really look at body composition or like um, circumference measurements that much. What I mainly focus on doing is keeping um, the weights that I'm using And I even do, um, not only do I keep the weights of like the workouts that I, or the weights that I've been lifting in my workouts, but I also have uh, different times, different seasons of life where we test our one rep max. So our last one rep max test was in April. We'll probably do another one into this year. Um, And then I also do, um, or I test my runs. Um, and usually it's my three mile runs because that's usually what um, I'm running. That's usually the distance I run. Most of my Spartan races are around three miles. I eventually do the 7K. And I know next year we're doing um, the ha- or 7K, the 10K. And eventually we're going to do the half marathon. Um, but 
three miles is a really good um, one for me to measure because it's something I run often. And so it's easy for me to measure. And honestly, I just start my watch and I just go. Um, and so it doesn't have to be complicated. You can make it simple. Like I use my app um, that I used for my coaching, my clients, and I use it for myself too. And I write down my weights on there. And then I use my watch to um, keep track of my cardiovascular endurance. And then I use my notes app to keep track of my one rep maxes. And so it doesn't have to be complicated. It can be very simple. Make it simple because the more complicated it is, the less likely you are to do it. Number seven of the common mistakes we can make is ignoring recovery. Rest and recovery days are crucial for muscle repair and growth. Neglecting these can lead to overuse injuries and hinder our progress. Ensure you get enough sleep and include active rest or active recovery methods. This could look different for everyone, but active recovery could be going on a walk. It could be going on a short jog. It could be playing an active game or even just participating in some type of breath work. It doesn't have to be elaborate or expensive. Just make sure you are giving your body plenty of rest with movement mixed in. Also in recovery, it's super important to note that nutrition is vital in that recovery process. Without proper nutrients, your body cannot fully recover from the training you put your body through. You have to make sure that you're fueling your body properly to receive adequate recovery. And lastly, with recovery, you have to make sure you are getting sleep. Sleep is so, so, so important. And if you're not getting that sleep you need, you are not going to recover. Common mistake number eight is relying on supplements. I am going to talk about supplements more in another podcast because it's something that I don't think is talked about. It's talked about a lot, but I think there's so much conflicting information out there. And my biggest issue with supplements is that people rely on them constantly. Supplements should complement a well-balanced diet, not replace it. Some individuals rely way too heavily on supplements like protein powders, green drinks, BCAAs, ECAAs, and other junk instead of getting essential nutrients from the whole foods that are grown in the ground or out in the world. You know, supplements can be useful, but when you use them too often, it can cause a reliance on them and also make it to where you're not consuming whole healthy foods that contribute to overall health of your body because of the nutri the nutrition content and the beneficial compounds that you can't find in supplements. Supplements can also become super costly if you're supplementing everything. It's better to get your nutrition from a well thought out diet with whole foods rather than supplement with formulas that do not have to be regulated by the FDA which is super important to remember whenever you're looking at supplements and what you should take. Common mistake number nine is not seeking professional guidance. A fitness professional or trainer can provide valuable guidance tailored to your goals and your fitness level. They can create personalized programs, teach proper exercise technique, and ensure that you're on the right track. They can also provide evidence-based guidance tailored to your specific goals, needs, and limitations. A fitness coach can create a customized workout plan and nutrition plan. That's only if they are nutrition certified. They also should not be writing down specifically 
what you should eat unless they're a registered dietitian. Keep that in mind. Um, but they can create those plans that aligns with your objectives and adapts to your progress. This personalized approach can lead to more effective results compared to like generic workout routines. Um, and knowing that you have a coach monitoring your progress will also hold you accountable. Um, and that can be a very powerful motivator. Regular check-ins and feedback sessions help keep you on track and committed to your fitness goals. A fitness coach can also provide guidance and correction to ensure you perform exercise correctly and safely. They can help you develop sustainable habits that promote long-term health and well-being rather than pursuing these short-term unsustainable fitness fads that most people are doing. It's really important if you are looking at a fitness coach to choose one who is qualified, experienced, and compatible with your personality and fitness goals. Additionally, while hiring a coach can be an investment, many people find that the guidance and support they receive lead to more effective progress and improved overall well-being, which is making it very valuable is making it a very valuable decision for their fitness journey, but also their long-term health, which can eventually save you money. Uh, because I know a lot of people who have health problems end up spending so much more on um, current, what do they call it? Current, like fix it medicine instead of preventable medicine. And by medicine, I don't mean like actual medicine. I mean, like, like doctorate practices, um, like how doctors usually can help get you out of sickness. Whereas what we want is to prevent sickness and disease. So this is not me as a coach trying to tell you that the only way is to hire a coach. But it's me telling you as a coach that it can be extremely beneficial for anyone who has goals, even coaches, to hire a coach. It is a way to make sure that you are doing everything properly without having to do the thinking and planning yourself, especially if you feel like you don't have time or you get overwhelmed. I am not trying to sell you on coaching. That This is not what I'm trying to do. But what I find a lot of the time is that people try to do it on their own so much that then they start seeking out these fads and these quick fix diets. And it honestly makes it worse for them. And it makes, it pushes everything back and they can do things that are actually extremely unhealthy for themselves. And they're doing themselves a disservice. And so I just say this for people who really... Honestly, if you feel lost, hire a coach and you don't even have to hire like me, obviously. I'm not trying to tell you hire me, but I'm find someone that you trust and go to them and ask for help. Like if you need help, you can ask me for help and I will help you in the best way that I can without, you know, making it some big expense. But there's a cost to not acting. There was a cost to not getting help that you need. So if you find yourself struggling to do everything properly, trying to plan things yourself, and you just feel like you can't do it anymore, reach out to a coach that you know, that you trust, and that you know is has your best interests in mind. Not someone who's always out for the money because they're not going to help you. Okay. So know that that's me not I'm taking my coach's hat off. That is not me as a coach trying to tell you to hire a coach. That's me as a coach, or that's me as a person telling you that, hey, it can be helpful to hire a coach and know that coaches also usually hire coaches. So 
take that into mind because it can be beneficial. And I find that it's a big mistake that people make in their fitness journey is not seeking out professional help. Okay, last common mistake and a very, very, very big common mistake. It's right there with the lack of consistency is impatience. Fitness is a long-term journey. Expecting rapid results and becoming discouraged when they don't happen quickly can lead to giving up very prematurely. It's essential to stay patient, stay consistent, and focus on gradual improvements. Rome wasn't built in a day and neither will your body. Okay, give your body time to adapt. Like I said earlier, it takes around three to six months to start to feel and see a difference. That does not mean you're going to get to where you want to be. That's to start to see a difference. If you're waiting, sorry, if you're waiting for the right time to start working out, let this be your sign to start now so that in three to six months, you can actually start to see and feel that difference and keep pushing yourself from there. I think people do themselves a disservice whenever they're waiting for the right time. I hear that constantly. People are like, well, I'm just waiting for the right time. I'm waiting for whenever I have the perfect uh, schedule. You're never going to have the perfect schedule. Life happens. Things get in the way. I understand that so much. Like I can't keep a perfect training schedule, but that's okay because I'm always constantly pushing myself to get my workouts in. And I always start. If you don't start somewhere, if you or if you don't start now, you're never going to make it. Okay? Start now. Start now. Start pushing yourself and learn to be patient. Patience is a virtue. And it is not a fun one. It is hard. I have to teach myself patience every single day. But if you start now and you are patient, you are going to be so thankful in six months, in nine months, in a year, whenever you see that difference and you feel that physical freedom that only comes from exercise. It is worth it. It is worth it. Start now. Start working out. Don't wait for the right time. Don't get impatient. Keep your patience and just push yourself, okay? So as we wrap up, remember that everyone's fitness journey is very unique to them. It's crucial to find a program that suits your individual needs and you have to stay committed to and make adjustments along the way to ensure long-term success in achieving your fitness goals. Most people are going to get frustrated with themselves because what they are doing isn't working, quote unquote, and that's probably because you're making one of these mistakes above. So find out which mistakes you're making, find out what is holding you back from achieving your goals and make the change today. If you have found this podcast helpful, please give it a like, um, even share it with friends and family that you think could benefit from this episode. Cause I think this episode can be super beneficial for many people. And until next time, keep striving to be an athlete in every season of life.